This is a shear on Likutei Sichais, Chelech of Dalit, Book 24, the portion of Kitovoi, the first Sicha. On the Pasuk that it says in our Pasha of Hashem, Hemin Chayyim Hashem has singled you out today, Liyaz Leilam to be a treasured nation, Kasher Dibelach, as he has spoken to you. This is Moshe Rabbeinu telling the Jewish people that Hashem has chosen them and singled them out to be a special people. As he has spoken to you. So Rashi quotes the words, as he has spoken to you. That's the heading. And he explains, what has he spoken to you? Going back to the time of Har Sinai, giving the Torah, where it says, V'yisem li segula, Hashem tells the Jewish people, you shall be for me a treasure. Then Rashi continues in the second Pasuk. So the Pasuk continues, let me just, we have a chumish, it's very handy to see. Pasuk Yud Zayin, Pasuk 17, in chapter 26, says like this, Hashem has singled you out today to be for you as a God, and, sorry, you have singled out Hashem today to be for Him a God, and to go on His path, and to keep all His mitzvahs, and Hashem has singled you out today to be a treasured nation, as He has spoken to you, and to keep all His mitzvahs. Next Pasuk, Pasuk 19, and to place you in an elevated position over all the nations, which He has made, so that you should be for glory, for good name, and to be a holy nation to Hashem, your God, as He has spoken. So this twice it says here, as He has spoken. Hashem has singled you out to be a treasured nation, as He has spoken, and to keep all the mitzvahs, and to put you above all the nations, and to be a holy nation, as He has spoken. So these two, as you, as He has spoken, Kasher Diber, in one Rashi just quotes the words, Kasher Diber, as He has spoken, Kasher Diber Lach, as He has spoken to you, and He says, that was at Sinai when he said you should be a treasured nation. Rashi quotes those words, Vizal is Gula. And then the second part, the, the, the Pasuk 19, he says you should be a holy per, uh, people to Hashem. As he has spoken, he says, which, where does that refer to? Where has Hashem spoken to them? Kasher Diber, as he has spoken, where has he spoken? You shall be for me holy, which is a Pasuk that it's the end of Parshas Kedoshim. Okay? It's going to be very important to know where this Pasuk is from. This Pasuk is from Kedoshim at the end of the portion, chapter 20. So we have to understand. First of all, when Rashi says in his heading, this is a, a heading question. Rashi says, quotes in his heading, in the first instance, he has made you a treasured nation as he has spoken. All he brings in the heading is as he has spoken. And then says to be a treasured nation. Whereas, where we, where he quotes, where he, where he comments on the next verse, as he has spoken, to be a holy nation, has spoken. He quotes the whole sequence to be a holy nation. He just misses out unto Hashem, writes, etc. To be a holy nation, as he has spoken. So either way, Farashi is, is going to bring what was spoken here and say as was spoken earlier, bring it in both places. So in the first passage, he said. He will be for me a treasured nation. As he has spoken, bring all that in the heading and say, as he has spoken in Sinai, be ye suddenly school be for me a treasured nation. If all he's trying to comment is, as he has spoken, and that's enough of a heading, so use that as the heading in Pasuk 19 also is, but he doesn't. There he says, to be a holy nation, as he has spoken. He quotes what it says here in the Pasuk about being a holy nation. So that's a question about headings. We know that Rashi, that the Rebbe looked very closely at what headings Rashi used. That's not just arbitrary. Paragraph 2. Also, we have to understand what Rashi um, explains in the second quote we're talking about, to be a holy nation. 
Why does Rashi go to the end of, chap- of the portion of Kedoshim, to chapter 20? I mean, where is the first time we see that Hashem tells the people of Israel to be a holy nation? It's in the very psukim that Rashi quoted about being a treasured nation at Har Sinai. Right? You remember, what, what does the Pesach continue? Hashem says He's going to make the Jewish people a treasured nation by giving them the Torah. And then He says, Atem tiyuli, you will be from Imam Lechaz Kerenim, a kingdom of priests, or in this case, Rashi there translates Sarim, a kingdom of, uh, um, of the chieftains, of, of people of, of importance. The Goy Kaddish and a holy nation. So right there, in the same place where it says to be a treasured nation, it says to be a holy nation. So why doesn't Rashi just say that when it says, as he has spoken, it goes back on that same Har Sinai, first, um, uh, first statement about the Jewish people. Why does he say it's going on V'yisem Likadashim? More than that, um, Many Mepharshim says, Ah, the Rebbe says, and, and there are Mepharshim that to learn that when, when the Pasuk here says to be a holy nation, as he has spoken, it refers back to Sinai Taka. Rashi changes that. Why? Actually, it fits the way the Mepharshim learned that this is a continuation of the Matan Torah Pasuk, the Har Sinai Pasuk, be a treasured nation and be a kingdom of Sodim, kingdom of Koyanim, and a high and a, and a holy nation, it actually fits the whole sequence of our Psukim here in Parshas Kitove. It says like this. It says, read, read how the Pasuk goes. Here it says, Moshe says, Hashem has already told you that you're going to be his treasured nation and to place you in an elevated position, to elevate you over all the nation and to be a holy nation. That's actually three things. All these three things are said in that sequence in the giving of the Torah. It says, Hashem says they will make you a, a treasured nation. Right? And then it says, putting elevation on over the nations that it says here. Yes, Hashem said that. You will be for me, Mamleches Koyanim. You will be for me a kingdom of Sarim, as Drasi translates it. A kingdom of elevated people, of people, uh, of, of, um, of um, chiefs. And then, you will be for me a holy nation. That also is said, exactly, by Mount Teru, to be a holy nation. So why does Rashi not go with that? Why does he say that the Kedoshim goes, on Parshish Kedoshim, but not even at the beginning of Kedoshim, the end of Kedoshim. Paragraph 3, we, we could say, seemingly we could say, that the reason why Rashi doesn't bring this Pasuk, going back to Matan Torah, about being a holy nation, is, and doesn't say that that's what Moshe is referring to, that Hashem has spoken to you to be a holy nation, is because there, um, if, if that's the case, the Torah didn't have to say again here, as he has spoken. It's the same as he has spoken about treasured nation. Why does the Pasuk add an additional, as he has spoken? It's, however, difficult to say that that's what forces Rashi here to bring another Pasuk because in between, it's not like the Pasuk said, that Moshe said, you will be for me, Hashem made you a treasured nation and a holy nation. As he has spoken, then you could have just used one as he has spoken. He said, Hashem said he'll make you a treasured nation as he has spoken. And you have to keep all his mitzvahs. And he'll make you elevated on the nations. And to be a holy nation as he has spoken, there's an interruption here. It doesn't flow on straight straight away. So therefore, you still need to say, as he has spoken a second time, uh, is needed. At, at least that cannot be an imperative why Rashi says it can't be referring back to the same possible. Once there was an interruption and to keep all the mitzvahs, which is not a direct flow from what was said back then in Har Sinai, so then it makes sense that again it should say Kasher Dibar, and still it could be referring back to that Goy Kodesh, to be a holy nation that was said at Har Sinai. So again, we're left with Rashi, why does Rashi run to a different Pasuk to bring 
it's paid that Hashem has spoken to be a holy nation. Also, we have to understand, the, as, as we pointed out, the Pasuk Rashi brings is at the end of Parshish Kedoshim. And he could have just brought the, 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 um, the Pasuk at the beginning of Kedoshim. And actually, there's even an earlier Pasuk. The earlier Pasuk, in the end of Parshish Shmini. It says, You should make yourself holy and be holy. Why does Rashi bring um, the end, the, the, the Pasuk at the end of Kedoshim, that he overlooked in the third parsha of Vayikra, there's a statement, you shall be holy. In the beginning of Kedoshim, it says, you shall be holy. The end of Kedoshim, it says, you shall be holy. And he chooses the third one. It's difficult to answer that it's because in this Pasuk, it says, you should be a holy nation to Hashem, as he has spoken. That's why Rashi brings a Pasuk where Hashem is mentioned. Because in, in the Pasuk, Rashi brings, it says, li Hashem is saying, be for me holy. In the other psukim, it just says, be holy. It doesn't say to me, to Hashem. And here the Pasuk says, you should be a holy nation to Hashem. Oh, you can't say that. You know why? When you look at the heading of Rashi, Rashi brings, be holy, as, I, as he has spoken. That Moshe says, Hashem has told you to be a holy nation as he has spoken. The Pasuk says, be a holy nation to Hashem. Rashi doesn't quote the, uh, the words Hashem. And the Rebbe writes in the Sikh, it doesn't even say etc. However, um, in some, in some uh, versions of Rashi, some manuscripts of Rashi, it does say, um, actually in some prints of Rashi, it does say Vigoymer. Actually, in the Kahos uh, Chumash, they chose to put in the Vigoymer. It says, etc. But still, it doesn't quote directly Lashem Alekechem. And the Rebbe says in the, in, in the quotes, in the Rashi, of the, of, of the, in the first prints of Rashi, and in the manuscript of Rashi that I have, the ones that are tachasyodi, the ones that are in my possession, says the Rebbe, it doesn't even say, etc. So it says, you should be a holy nation as he has spoken. The Pusik says, you should be a holy nation to Hashem as he has spoken. So why Rashi misses out the word Lashem Alekecha? This is not the discussion for here. But definitely don't say that the reason Rashi brings a Pasuk at the end of Kedoshim, is because of the addition there, to be to me Kedoshim, which correlates with what it says here, be holy to Hashem, when you see Rashi, either totally leaves out the quote of Lashem Alekecha, or, or merely hints to it with an etc. If that was the point of why he's bringing that Pasuk, he would have specifically quoted it. See, the, the, the nuance here, that <laughs> Rashi doesn't bring it, tells us that no, 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 don't get confused. So there must be another reason why Rashi is bringing none of the previous two psukim about being holy. And he says that when, when Moshe is saying, be holy to Hashem as he has spoken, it's a reference to what's said at the end of Parshish Kedoshim. So we need explanations to this. Paragraph 4. So we could say the explanation is, at first glance, there's something that needs to be understood in the Pasuk. It says, you shall be a holy nation. Hey, isn't that the same thing as saying you will be a treasured nation? They're both different words used to say that the Jewish people is going to be a nation that's extraordinarily elevated from all other nations. Amsegul, a treasured nation, a holy nation. So why doesn't it just say it together? Moshe should say, Hashem has told you to be a treasured nation and a holy nation from the fact that it's brought in a different posse and at the end of that posse, First, he says, you'll be a treasured nation and keep all the mitzvahs. And that's, in other words, first he says, you'll be a treasured nation. Then there's an instruction, that treasured, you know what that treasuredness means? You've got to keep all those mitzvahs. We've moved over from a description of who they are. Hey, you're a treasured nation. That's not an instruction. That's a description. That's an accolade. Now, 
Hashem says, and therefore, you've got to keep all the mitzvahs. Now, Hashem says, and you have to be holy. So we understand that the treasured nation and the holy nation here are, are, not, the same, are not the same kind of uh, context. So you can't learn to be a holy nation is just going back to the Pasha Sisrei, to the Matan Torah um, speech, because there it's just one continuum. Be You will be for me a special treasured nation and you will be a holy nation. Here, that's not what he's saying. Here he's saying, you will be for me a treasure. Hashem has told you, you will be his treasured nation. He loves you like a treasure. And you got now what you've got to do about that is, you've got to keep the mitzvahs, and you've got to be holy. That's not a, a descriptive term about, you know, the whole, you are holy. In, in Parshish, he says, I'm going to choose you out now, sing you out now, and I'm going to make you treasured and holy. Here it's, I'll make you treasured. Moshe saying, Hashem has made you treasured, now you got to do all the mitzvahs, and now you have to. It's the instruction is you have to be holy. Oh, this this changes the whole thing. So can't be talking about what was said at Har Sinai. There it wasn't an instruction yet. It was a description of who they are. What I'm, what I am making you into now. now how does Rashi get that um, in the pasuk? So here, paragraph five. Where do we see the difference between the words "You shall be a holy nation"? And the previous words in our parsha that Moshe says, "You will be a treasured nation." Now she says, because in the first verse it says, "As he has," Moshe says, "As Hashem has spoken to you." And then when Moshe continues and he says, "And you have to be a holy nation," as Hashem has spoken, he doesn't say spoken to you. The pasuk doesn't use the word lach. Now Rashi has already explained earlier, parshas Vayetzi, where it says, "Dibarti lach." To you doesn't just mean the word lach can mean to you, it also means about you, for you, regarding you, right? So here, let's talk about what it means. Hashem has made you a treasured, Hashem has spoken about you that you will be a treasured nation. It's not an instruction to you to be a treasured nation. Hashem has said regarding you, you will be a treasured nation. And by the way, if it's just that as Hashem has spoken to you, Rebbe adds here in square brackets, that you would be able to ask, what do you mean, why is the need to say as Hashem has spoken to you? The whole Torah was spoken to you. No, but the word here is, as Hashem has spoken about you. Ah, Hashem has promised and spoken about you, you will be a treasured nation. And therefore, the, the continuation of the Pasuk reads as follows. Hashem has singled you out today to be a treasured nation. That's something He does. He's, which means he's, he's separated you from all the nations of the world to be a treasured nation. And this is as He has spoken about you. As He has promised regarding the Jewish people, there will be a treasured nation. When did He promise that? Back at Sinai. Right? Because that, in Har Sinai, that's a description about what Hashem is promising to make the Jewish people. It's talking about you. In the second passage, to, and you shall be a holy nation as Hashem has spoken, it doesn't say as Hashem has spoken to you, and therefore we can, it means about you. It says as Hashem has spoken means as Hashem has instructed. Ah. As Hashem has instructed you to behave in a holy fashion. So we understand it can't be going back to the talk at Sinai, where there, it's all one continuum. Hashem has chosen you to be a, a treasured nation and a holy nation. There, being a holy nation is not yet an instruction. So that's what Rashi says, no, this Pasuk, where Moshe is saying, Hashem has told you to be a holy nation, it's an instructional Pasuk. It's going to the Pasuk which says, you shall be for me holy. And that's why Rashi also 
quotes, remember we asked in the heading, why does Rashi not just say, as he has spoken? If all Rashi is trying to do is give us a reference where it was spoken for, don't quote what was said. Here we have to quote, to be a holy nation, as he has spoken, because that's what tells us that here it's an instruction. Because there's the, the change in the language, you shall be, in other words, you shall make for, you shall transition yourself into being a holy nation. It's an instruction to you. From that, we also understand that the spokenness of that was not where it's a description about the Jews, but it's an instruction to the Jews. I, paragraph 6, we still have the question. We have other places. That doesn't take away the other questions we asked at the end of Shemini, at the beginning of Kedoshim, where it says, you shall be holy. So that's why Rashi doesn't, that's why Rashi brings be a holy nation in the heading. You shall be a holy nation, as he has spoken. Why does he bring holy nation in the heading? Because the other psukim don't talk on a national level. Here we're talking on a national level. Here, Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, Hashem has singled you out today. He has separated your nation from all nations to be a, a treasured nation. And also the instruction about being holy. It's not a personal instruction to every Jew. In this instance, it's an instruction to be a holy nation. Ah, so it doesn't fit to bring the psukim where it says, at the end of Shemini, you shall be Vizkadishna, make yourself holy, because that's a, a personal instruction to every Jew. And also, um, whereas the end of Kedoshim, it says, you shall be holy for me, because I am Hashem, and I have separated you from all the nations to be for me. You see clearly that it's an instruction to the nation to be a holy nation. The Pasuk at the end of Shemini is a personal instruction. You shall be holy personally. Also, Kedoshim you, the beginning of Pasuk Kedoshim, it doesn't say necessarily that it's talking about the national holiness, but it's speaking about you as an individual. Every Jew as an individual has to try and be holy, just like all the other instructions. are not an instruction to the nation as a nation. Here, though, the end of Kedoshim, that's an instruction to the nation. And that would fit, therefore, with what's being said here in the way, in the context the Pasuk is talking here, to the nation on a national level. So we've explained the Rashi beautifully, that what seemed to be just Rashi giving us a, 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 a maramokim, telling us where to find what Moshe says, Hashem has spoken to be treasured nation. A holy nation is totally different. Hashem has spoken about you that you are intrinsically valued, treasured. He said that about Terry. He gave you that accolade. He gave you that description. He created you in a new reality, put you on a new pedestal. And then he reminds us, you have to keep all the mitzvahs and you have to try and be a holy nation as Hashem has instructed. Totally different. Beautiful. Now we have to understand in the Pneumius, at least understand in the inner reading of everything, paragraph 7, what is Takem? We're saying that you have to be a holy nation, right? It's an instruction of how the Jews have to conduct themselves. It's not a description of who they are. A treasure nation is something Hashem does, regardless of the action of the Jews. So, <clears throat> let's now understand, there seems to be a, um, there seems to be, if so, a bit of a, a um, non-smooth reading, let's say, in the Pasuk. Okay, let's, let's remember the Pesukim. The Pesukim said, Hashem has singled you out today to be a treasured nation for you, as He has spoken about you at Sinai, and to keep all His mitzvahs. End of that Pasuk. Next Pasuk is, to place you, to uh, um, make you elevated over all the nations, so that you be a praise and a glory for Hashem and so that you are instructed to be holy. You see that in this Pasuk, there's a, it starts off with a value that Hashem says, coming from His side, He will elevate you over all the nations. That's not something that's dependent on our behavior. 
And then he says, and you, an instruction, you shall be holy. How does that Pasuk flow? If being holy is really an instruction, so doesn't it fit that it should have flown on from the continuation of the first Pasuk? Let's again read the first Pasuk. Hashem has singled you to be a treasured nation and to keep all His mitzvahs. That's an instruction. Then it goes back and to elevate you of all the nations and you need to, ins- the instruction again, you need to be holy. Why doesn't Hashem just say to do all his mitzvahs and to be holy? Both instructions. Why is there interruption? And to, it seems to be there's a, there's a, a ping pong here. Hashem has singled you out to be valued, to be treasured. It's not something they do. And to keep all the mitzvahs, instruction. And Hashem has placed you on the thing and to be holy. Why doesn't it just flow on? Keep all the mitzvahs and be holy. So we'll understand that I was going to use this as a, as a springboard to, to talking about innate value of the Jew before they do anything, and then the instructional, um, the, 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 the uh, um, mission-oriented value that they have based on what they do with that specialty. So let's first go, though, to the after. This takes us to a big discussion about the various levels of Hashem's intention in this world. So, we see here in this Haftar of this week, it says, it's going to happen in the future, is remember, in, in, when Mashiach comes, the, 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 the uh, curtains are drawn wide open, and Hashem's true intention comes to light, with all of its detail, and in sheer brilliance. So it says, when Mashiach comes, all the nations will go to your light. And the kings will go, to, according to the Lenoiga Zorche, um, will go according to the, 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 your shine. Banaich, then dot, dot, dot. Your children, the children of Israel, will come from the distance. Your daughters will come. And then it continues, a few psukim later, that all the nations will be assisting the Jewish people, and doing things for their benefit so that they should be able to carry out their mission. And the, 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 the uh, um, conclusion of this is in the Pasuk that says that the nation and the kingdom that does not assist you, does, does not subordinate yourself and help you, will be destroyed, and the nations will be destroyed by sword. In other words, we have to understand we, had, we know that there's Sheva Mitzvah Benenach, that there are the seven Noahide laws that apply to the entire humanity. And there's a clear instruction. And if they don't fulfill them, we know that there's a punishment. There's punishment of death. However, okay, we understand that. Taylor's full of things that says, if you do this, you'll be rewarded. If you don't do this, you will be punished. And sometimes even, you'll be punished with death. Okay. But we don't find anywhere in the Torah that the nations of the world have an obligation to assist the Jews to the point that if they don't do that, they'll be destroyed. They'll be lost. There's an interesting... Um, where does that come in from? There's an interesting... Sicha, um, <clears throat> just uh, parenthetically, that never refers to similar psukim on the Pesach of Bilam, the Karkar Kol Bnei Sheis, about what happens when Mashiach comes, there's some versions that say that a large part of humanity will cease to exist. 
The Rebbe says there that um, when we talk about destruction, it can also mean in, in a sense that the negativity becomes totally canceled out and it becomes turned over to positivity. So we don't have to, we don't have to uh, conjure up swords and destruction and so on. But what does this mean? Conceptually, we're asking here, what does this mean? We don't find that this is one of the seven mitzvahs, B'nai Noyach, that everybody has to be assisting the Jewish people. If not, they, they're punished. Says that Ebbe, paragraph 8, the explanation is, we spoke many times that when we talk about creation, we want to look at all the levels of Hashem's creation. You know, whatever we do things in life, there are multiple reasons for doing them. Everyone goes to work, yeah? When you ask somebody, are you dedicated to your work? Yeah, I'm a dedicated worker. Do you love what you do? I love what I do. Tell me, why do you do what you do? Well, I want to get my, my, my paycheck. Oh, so you're working for money. It's the money you love? No, I want the money because I want to feed my family. Oh, so it's your family you love. In other words, there's level within level. What is Hashem's reason truly for creation? What is created for his end intention? And what is created as a means to get to the end? As part of the functionality with the utilitarian value, with, with, with some a utility, with some benefit, with some function that it brings to the world. So the episode says like this. We've spoken many times that everything in creation, including humanity, are not an end in and of themselves. Hashem has an intention why He creates the world, even humankind. It's because of the mission that He gives the Jews. It's because of the Yidin, because of the children of Israel. We say that in the very beginning of Bereshis. It says, Bereshis Hashem created in the beginning, and that word Reshis is base, Reshis. There are two primary reasons for creation. It's two things that are called Reshis. The Jewish people that are called Reshis, the primary, primordial intention of Hashem, the Torah, the Rebbe doesn't quote here the second thing, Torah, well, that's the Torah, the Jewish people are the reason for creation. Then Hashem gives them the Torah to allow them to connect to Him. In other words, the intention, the final goal, the end intention of creation of the world, and in the future when Mashiach comes, that's, that's all going to be out there and obvious the true reason of being of every created being will be seen. And it'll be seen that everything, including humankind, is for Yisrael. And therefore, now this, this forces, this, this creates this reality that any nation or kingdom that doesn't assist in Hashem's final goal is not fulfilling the reason that we created. So now they lose their reason for being. It's not so that when we say Chayav Misa, they're liable for death. It sounds like they have to be gone and taken to the Bet Din and, 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 and put to death. That's not what we're saying. It means Yoyvedu, they lose their reason for being. They lose their whole, they lose their whole status. I'm going to share something that helps me understand this. Remember, later the Rebbe is going to say when something is a mushal in Torah, it's exact, which from that we understand when a mushal is, is brought just by what we, you know, a guy like me, it thinks about, it's, it's not exact, but just to help me understand, perhaps it will help you. Um, and if it's not exact, 
in, in other words, it's not exact. But we talk today, there's, a, there's an industry called Hollywood, right? Filmmaking. In every film, there's the main characters that are being talked about, that we're supposed to focus on, that the storyline is about. Then there's what we call extras. I think they're called extras. There's the environment that's set up. Fake environment, right? Uh, people in a store, you know, there's a, you know, an active, uh, like maybe an active shuk, an active uh, marketplace, and you're supposed to be following the lead actor who's the storyline is about, but there's all other people in the background haggling, doing. So what happens if, if those people on the, you know, on the set start doing funny things, uh, you know, calling your attention away from the main actor? They're off the set. They, they, I say, I don't need you here. You're not, you're not the storyline. I need you. I'm going to pay you a handsome salary, whatever. Of course, you're, you're an integral part of this whole movie. Yes. But don't lose sight that the storyline is those lead actors. By the way, uh, you know, we live in a world today where you know, some people will say, hmm, everybody can become a lead actor. Remember that. There's no limitation based on race, gender, color, or anything else, to becoming halachically, remember, there's a halachic process that Hashem has said, everybody can become part of this treasured nation and receive that neshama. It's called gir kahalacha. Right? So Yisrael, the Jewish people, they're the key main characters, lead actors. Everything else, including humankind, is the setup for within which the Torah, the Yidin, are operating. So actually, says the Rebbe here in square brackets, that's why we find an interesting thing. In terms of punishment for violating mitzvahs, violating sins, for the Jewish people, there's various different punishments. In the seven Noahide laws, if there's a violation, there's one punishment, death. Why? Because what death, we're saying here, that what death means is you have taken away the reason for your existence. It means you've, you've lost your reason for being. When somebody uh, uh, is, you know, not acting properly in that marketplace scene that's needed for the, for, for, for the whatchamacallit, for, for the lead actors to be um, acting, Okay, off the set. I don't want to hear why, what you were doing, what's the difference. I'm going to have to start judging you. Did you do a stringent? Did you do something really bad? Did you do something less bad? No, no, no sorry. Are you, are you part of this? If, if you're creating a diversion and not helping, okay, off the set. And that's it. That's what it is. You don't give yourself a mitzvah in the air. Sorry, you're not part of the plan. Just next. Let's bring somebody you know, who, can, who can create that scene. The lead actor, if he does something, we have to see. Is he still fitting to be that lead actor. What has he done? We have to, you know, set him straight, give him another chance, try it again. That's, that's a, different, a different position to have. And this is what it says, this is what it means when Hashem says, in this passage, Moshe says, Hashem has placed you above all the nations that He has made. As the um, commentary of Sifsei Koyanim on the Torah, Pshapsei Koyin, Shach, on the Torah says, it's as if he has not made you, what Moshe is saying there, as if he has not made them only for you. It's like Ben Azai said about the entire world. The whole world is only made to serve me, and I'm made to serve my Creator. In other words, 
Ben Azai is identifying that as a Jew, everything here is leading up to how I'm going to use it. It's all about creating this scenario, the set, the background for me to not serve Hashem. In other words, the, the, the placing the people higher than all the nations, is carrying out the function for which the Jewish people were created. And that's a already a taste of the revelation of the future. In other words, the Jewish people are, are a treasured nation, and Hashem creates a scenario where they're meant to see themselves in that light even before Mashiach comes. Mashiach comes, that's just going to be obvious, and either you're in or out, if you're part of this process, great, if not, you lose your, 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 you lose your being. Here, it's part of that, a glimpse of that is being fulfilled now, whereas Ben Azai says, a Jew says, that he's here in the world, and he views and understands that everything in the world is in order for him to carry out his mission here of keeping Torah mitzvahs in this world. So now we understand that these two psukim is speaking about the, um, the advantage and the, and the great virtue in the intrinsic being of the Jew over the intrinsic being of humankind. He says, Hashem has chosen you from all the nations to be His treasured nation. In other words, the, 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 the separateness, the single, the being singled out from all the nations, what, is, what does it mean? It means that they're singled out to be the actual reason for creation. They're not, their difference between the Jew and all the other aspects of the world is that they are the actual reason for creation. They're not for something else. Here's the explanation. Let's, let's flesh this out a little bit and then um, I was going to ask a very interesting question in the footnotes. Let's go a little further. Paragraph 9. The explanation is like this. When it says, Hashem has singled you out to be a treasured nation. So Rashi says, what does it mean to be a treasured nation? He already explained, Segula, back there when it's first said in the verses about Matan it says to be a, a beloved treasure just like Segulas Malachim, the treasure that kings keep, very um, dear Kliyokar, um, very dear vessels, and Abonim Toivis, precious stones, Shamalachim Gainzim, that kings keep them hidden away. Similarly, you will be for me, Segula, me, a treasured nation from all the other nations. Now, since this is a Moshe the Torah gives, that does have to be exact. So we have to understand. What's the purpose of a dear vessel and good stones if it's hidden away? If you're never showing it and flaunting it and showing off about it, what's the use of it? So when you take, for example, beautiful stones, you put them in the king's ring, you put them in the king's crown, that adds to the resplendent glory of the king. But if you put it in a place where they can't be seen, that doesn't achieve anything, it seems to be. Who has any benefit from that beauty? Look, um, there is sometimes where even something that's usually totally hidden will be used. As the Rebbe says in the Maimorim of, 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 of uh, Basilogani, that when somebody, when the king's very um, 
the king's very position is challenged. He's going to take things that were never ever imagined to be used for any functional purpose, and uh, you know, uh, crown jewels that were never seen that, that that are just there for his enjoyment. They'll be used to function in order to protect his protect his supremacy. It's a very powerful midah we have for um, being victorious, that if we feel that our essence is challenged and we have to be victorious, we'll pull out all stops, we'll do anything, even those very hidden treasures. But even that is called, when we talk about using those treasures, it's called bizbuz, it's called, almost it's called squandering. In other words, it, it's wasteful because that's not what they're meant for. Except when an extreme case comes and push comes to shove and, and the king's very position is in danger, he'll do whatever he needs. Which means to say, in other words, that this, these hidden away jewels don't, are not really used, are not really intended for any function. So, so what are they there for? Paragraph 10, the explanation is like this. The fact that they remain hidden, and usually, unless under rare circumstances, perhaps just once every few generations will those circumstances rise, where those kinds of treasures will ever be called about. So what is their function in the standard operation of the kingdom? is that's just for the king himself not for any value not for any use that's for the king himself to use for himself there are the king does have treasuries which are meant to be functional they're meant to be to run his kingdom to be used in the in 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 his to create the image to put him put in his crown to add to the resplendent glory you know the king has to be look um, look beautiful but then there's the things that have no utilitarian value for the king. They're not in order to carry out anything. They're just about the king himself. His essential value and being a king is the fact that he has things that he's, he has those most valuable things that they're not there for any functional purpose. He's not going to use them. He's just enjoys knowing that he has them. He sees them maybe from time to time. They're his. They add to his intrinsic value as a king. They make him feel internally exalted. He has these incredible things. Nobody else has. He doesn't need them to be used. By the way, <laughs> footnote 40, the Rebbe says, one second, don't we know that the Rambam says that a Jewish king shouldn't just have treasures and valuables just that he amasses for no other purpose. If he, need, he needs to, to be able to spend whatever he has to spend. So what are we talking here about these values, that the, the, these treasures that a king has that have no function? The Ramam seems to say you shouldn't, a king shouldn't amass those. So um, it could be, says the Rebbe, Yeshleim, we could say that that's why um, the Torah goes even further to say if he amasses, the Torah says, if he amasses gold and silver for no purpose, he gets, he gets punished. The Rebbe says maybe that's why the Ramam adds, he shouldn't just have uh, jewelry, uh, shouldn't just have vast amounts of money to make himself exalted and arrogant over the people. Um, in other words, if he's using them as a way to flaunt or to, to elevate himself, no. But if they're just there, and as the Rebbe says, by the way, let me point out that the Ran says in San Eden, when, the, when we say the king can't have too much gold and silver, it means he shouldn't take that as a from a tax 
he shouldn't tax his subjects in a way that's totally just for his wealth and no function. The only thing he should tax the people is for the functionality of his kingdom. But if Hashem gave him huge amounts of wealth in some other way, there's no prohibition on that. So here says that possibly we're talking here, something that the king doesn't have any need for. This description of king is, yeah, and that's what Hashem is, that's the marshal that Rashi gives about being a treasured nation. So this kind of treasure is, so is what we were talking about. It's something that's dear to Hashem for no function, for no reason. The etzem metzias of a yid, the etzem reality of a yid in Hashem's eyes is higher for anything that is ever going to be revealed. It's not in order to, to, fill, to, to create a certain function in the world that Hashem wants. Hashem enjoys just the existential existence of the Jewish people. Because Why is that? Because they're one thing, so to speak, with atzmosavus, with Hashem's essence. And that's why Hashem has sheer delight from the existence of a king, just like a treasure which is not meant to be used for anything the king has, just simply pure delight from it. It comes out that the distinction between a yid and other nations is in the, their actual creation, existentially, intrinsically. The is the reality of nations, are created in order... Hashem creates humankind to function for Him. Not because He needs them for no other reasons. They're created in order to fulfill a function. Yidin are created just to be. Just because they're part of Him and He wants to enjoy with them. Before they even do anything, the next stage is that now they're given a function in the world. But the first stage is Hashem has singled you out from all the nations to be just His treasured nation. Totally singled out from all the other nations. You have an intrinsic value, Hashem, just for no reason at all wants you. Enjoys your being. Just like a treasured nation. You may right away jump in and ask, like the Rebbe does in footnote 44. Didn't we just say that everything is created for the Jew? And, and Ben-Azai says, and I am created to serve my, my master. So he says... I am created to serve my master. That's already a level where we talk about Beria created. Right? And even Koini, my master, that's a reference to the world of Atsilus. But there's a higher level. There's a level of the Jews, the way they are with Hashem, higher than any form of creation. Where Hashem's desire is then when he moves them down into the, into, the, into the next levels of world, they yes, then they have a function to fulfill his mission here on earth, which is, um, which is what? Out of 45, take a look. What's the, what is the ultimate goal? Is actually not that they should do something outside of them. The dwelling place, we say, we know, Hasidus always tells us, Hashem desired to have a dwelling place in the lower world, is that the Shekhinah should be evidently present in Yisrael, in the Jewish people. In other words, that down here below, it should become uncovered and evident that the Jews are sourced in Atzmos, in the essence of Hashem. That Hashem and His people are, are fully one. So really, this Oitzer, in the very first stage, Hashem has separated you, and you are just don't need any reason, any function. You are just you, and I have delight in you the way you are. 
And then that moves down into the world. And that eventually will be revealed down below when Mashiach comes. Based on this, we'll also understand the connection between these Psukim and Rosh Hashanah. As we know that these Psukim are always read before Rosh Hashanah. And it's also known that ever quotes these Psukim, Hashem is, you have singled out Hashem, and Hashem has singled out you. This refers to what happens in Rosh Hashanah. What happens in Rosh Hashanah? You have singled out Hashem is reference to the Jewish people coronating Hashem in Rosh Hashanah. As it says, let's say before, you shall say before Hashem a Psukim of coronation in order that you shall make me to be a king over you. And then the Psukim that says, and Hashem has singled you out today is the fact that Hashem has accepted the coronation proposition of the Jewish people. And now that becomes evident in the creation. Hashem recreates and agrees to continue to create and to create the Seder Ishtalshlus just like it was in the very beginning of creation where it says, who did Hashem take counsel with? In the Nisham Tzadikim. Now one second. From the fact that, the, in other words, there's a process here. There's no world. Pre-creation, there's Nisham Tzadikim. Every year we go back to kind of that reset. There's no world. Who does Hashem take counsel in? The Nishamas. That means they're there before there's a world. They're there before the Hashem is coronated. Right? So what is their function? In other words, if their function is in order to serve in the world, to do something for Hashem in the world, there's no world. So how does he ask them before he even creates a world? What is their function before he creates the world? And that's Pshat. No, they're just part of him. They're a treasured nation. They're, they're, they're as desirous a trove of treasure which is hidden. In other words, the true existential metzius of the Yid is that it's higher than being visible. It's just Hashem's uh, um, Hashem's pleasure. They're one thing with Hashem. And they are just like Hashem's essence. Can't say that it's for anything else. He is because He is. Similarly, Yidin, as a part of Hashem, just are because they are. As the Magid says, that even before B'nai Yisrael were created, their tzura, their form, was already in the, in the um, thought of Hashem, so to speak. As Chazal says, Yisrael came up in Hashem's thought. That Magid says, just like a parent pictures his child after the child is born, but now pictures him in his mind, Hashem does that even before the Yidin are there. They're already there, one with him. Paragraph 12. And this is the distinction between the two psukim. Hashem has singled you out to be a treasured nation and, and the next Pasuk which is and to place you Pasuk later which is and to position you over all the nations in the first Pasuk we're speaking about the Yidin the way they are totally separate and a distinct uh, identity different than all of the other nations a treasured nation a special treasure that just 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 one thing with Hashem and based on that that follows in right away to the continuation of that Pasuk is and to keep all his mitzvahs. In other words, the fact that Yidin have to keep all the, all the 630 mitzvahs, not just seven mitzvahs, like Neach, it's not just a difference. Hey, you have seven, we have 613. No. It's, a, it's an existential difference. It's, a, it's an intrinsic difference. Because the nations are created to be functional, to have a certain position in the world. So Hashem says... Here's, here's the job description of what I need for you to do in this world. By Yidin, however, they're one thing with Hashem. So th- their function is just to do whatever He wants. Lishmar kol mitzvah In other words, without any limitation. 
he and, and, and his will are one. The Yidna are one with Hashem. So therefore, they're just kind of totally, um, totally representative of Hashem. Whatever he wants, that's what, that's what they do. They're, they're one with Hashem. That, that's their natural state of being. And now we move to the next Pasuk. The next Pasuk is already more functional. That the way the Yidin come down here in this world and need to operate, Hashem says even there, the way you have to operate is to be placed, to be positioned higher than all the nations. In other words, because they are the purpose of creation, even the way they come down into a world with all other aspects of creation, including all of the rest of humankind, it needs to be that they live there in a way that they are positioned higher. In other words, that they understand that they are the reason for the rest of the world. And that's a, a value and a position that is able to be also understood by the rest of creation and by the other nations, the way the Jewish people are the purpose of creation. And that's why Hashem says, I've I've, strateg- I've placed you strategically over the nations of the world to be praised by them. In other words, they understand that there is a, a, a main agenda and they're going to praise and help and do everything possible to further the agenda of Yisrael in the world, which is the reason for creation. And this has to express itself also in a revealed way through being a holy nation to Hashem as He has spoken. In other words, when we say being holy... Yisemli Kedosh, be holy to me, means, what does it mean to be holy? The instruction is that even in the physical aspects of the Yid, which externally seem to be the same thing that all of all humans are involved in, there too you have to be holy, Tashem. As it says, I have separated you from all the nations to be for me. In other words, even things that nations do, there you have to act differently. And that's why Rashi says there in that Pesach, which says you should be holy, end of Pesach's invasion, how do we know a person shouldn't say, oh, I hate eating chazer, I hate eating pig. No, a person should say, wow, I would re- that would really be attractive to me. It's not like I can't stand the smell of it. No, But what can I do? Hashem said not to. How do we know that that should be the approach? As it says in the Pesach, I will separate you from all the nations to be for me. Your separation, Chazal say, should be for my sake. Separate from Avera, not because you can't stand it, but because you're doing it only for me. And in this way, you accept upon yourself the yoke of heaven. In other words, we're talking here in a place where the same opportunity exists, the same attraction perhaps exists between the Jew and the non-Jew. I'm also, the Jew is also attracted to this thing that Hashem says, stay away. No, Hashem says, stay away. Show your elevation so that, no, this is not for you. From this all, we have a, an incredible teaching. This is, whatever take, take, takes... Um, You'd give a paragraph 13. But here we have a teaching about Avasi Yisrael, how much we have to focus ourselves on love of fellow Jew and how much effort we have to do in um, you know, um, being, being, uh, trying to help a fellow Jew reach his potential. Because this, what we're saying, that the Jewish people is a treasure for Hashem is by every Jew. It's not just, oh, so I'm feeling good. Wow, look what Hashem says about me. No, no, no. But that guy who you, you don't, maybe you don't really like or you look down at. No, no, no. Hashem says something about him. In whatever situation that you may be in his revealed and, and functional state, 
He's always one thing with Hashem. Totally elevated from all the other nations of the world. As it says, the special sapling planted by Hashem. Hashem's, the work of Hashem's hands that Hashem is proud of. Hashem is glorified by. So, and that's the end of this Haftarah. So that's why every year is an, is an um, eternal reality. We know because it says every year is a chalik in Elam Haba. In other words, the Nishamas continue being forever. And even Elam Haba can mean coming back to life. So that's for eternity. And we say that the origin of the Yid is that he comes up in the thought of Hashem, thought of Hashem the way, he, the way thought is for himself, so to speak, in Hashem's, in Hashem's essence, not like the rest of creation which is created by the word of Hashem. Word, speech, is already for others. That already creates a certain separateness that Hashem creates. So what do we have to do? But all we need to do is bring out this intrinsic value that we have into a revealed way. So we want to try and help our, any fellow Jew, no matter what situation he may look in, to bring out that intrinsic, in, eternal and internal value to the forefront. Especially when we read in this week's parsha, this Haftarah, especially in the uh, when we're, the Rebbe was saying this um, proximity to Chayel, the birth of the two great luminaries, the Baal Shem Tov and the Alter Rebbe, which comes out in that year when the Rebbe said the Sicha, comes out in the work of Pasha's Kitobe, what the main fundamental values and, and, and things that, that Hasidus is built on is obviously Israel, love of fellow Jew. So we have a special opportunity in the Sinas Hashem gives us special powers to be able to have an effect on our fellow Jews, every Jew, to make them realize that their intrinsic value is that Hashem has singled them out to be a treasured nation. And that power is given out to try to bring that out into a revealed way, in a way that it should lead to keeping all the mitzvahs in actuality, and also to bring out that even in things in which he in which we are similar to the nations, we should be elevated, and to be a holy nation to Hashem. In other words, be totally elevated from anything from the outside that's non-Jewish, and the non-Jewishness in us, the things of negativity within us stand higher than that, bring out our true inner value. And through this, we affect in a greater way the Tamlichuni Aleichem, coronating Hashem on us, because it becomes obvious before all those that see that Hashem, Hashem, the God of Israel, is our King. And also the non-Jews see that the Jewish people are a treasured nation. And that leads to the fulfillment of the promise in the Vui Bishaya that all of the nations will come and assist the Jews in their mission until the end of it, um, that prophecy, which is, Ani Hashem, Hashem, Hashem says, I am Hashem, in the proper time, and I will make it even quicker to bring Mashiach speedily in our days, Mamish, literally. All the best.